Greetings, and welcome to the 80 Level Roundtable Podcast. In each episode, host Kirill Tokarev invites video game industry leaders to talk about the world of game development. No topic is off limits as long as it relates to video game development. New episodes are in the works, so remember to follow us or subscribe and share with someone you know will also enjoy the podcast. Hi, and welcome to 80 Level Podcast, where we discuss the latest news from game dev and uh, talk about new techniques and tools. And today we have with us Scott Denton. I hope I pronounced this correctly. Yes. Um, so, Scott, could you do like a little intro about yourself and tell us yeah, like, uh, where you come from and, you know, all that jazz? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if it's important, but like I'm originally from Nashville. I grew up there. Um, I've been living in New York now for, uh, I don't know, the past, I think, 17, 18 years now. Um, wow. I have kind of lived a few other places for some jobs here and there throughout that time, but I always had a home base here. Um, I moved here in 2005 to work for a company called Shiloh. Uh, which is no longer around. They were a commercial uh, company. Um, I worked there for two years, and then I was freelance for, uh, I think, 11 years. Um, And that was, while I was freelance, I was working in uh, primarily commercial stuff, um, but also in film and video games and um some 3d printing stuff here and there i got a couple years where i was doing a lot of stuff with shapeways and some other things like that i almost started a jewelry company while i was doing that stuff um but throughout that time the 11 years i worked for um microsoft um dreamworks uh disney the mill and uh, countless other little commercial studios here in New York, like PSYOP and Framestore. And um, I mean, I can't even, I mean, I've probably worked for somewhat like a hundred studios. Um, wow. But like just bouncing around here and there. Um, I actually moved out to LA for a tiny bit in 2016 for the job for DreamWorks. Uh, almost moved out there for good, but ended up coming back to New York. And then most recently in the last couple of years, I worked for Mill as a senior modeler uh, for them for two years. Uh, and then my I moved to London last November for a job for DNEG. Wow. Uh, to work as a supervisor on a few films. And then, and then uh, I got laid off from that and then COVID hit and ended up coming back to New York. Uh, and now I'm working for, uh, I'm working for uh, Encore as a senior character artist for uh, some stuff they're doing on contract for, but like, yeah, that's, I guess so, that's. That's a lot. Like you, <laughs> seems like you traveled like everywhere. Like, yeah. Like, I, mean, I it's didn't been know a, about London. Yeah. It's been, it's been, this year has been interesting. I've had five different jobs this year. I worked for a video game company for six months this year. Um, that a friend of mine owns that was supposed to be a thing that went longer, but like, uh, 
Trump opening his mouth, kind of not trying to get into that, but like we, we had an investor that was in mind and um, like that investor was kind of Tencent, uh, oh. but like, yeah, that kind of went away. <laughs> so like, uh, but yeah, it's been a, it's been interesting. I also taught it at, at a animation workshop in uh, Denmark for two years in a row. Um, great, great school. Um, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting, it's been an interesting year. I worked for how, Jellyf how did, Jellyfish how, for a little bit this year as a supervisor. How does um, it feel like the, how does the job market feel these days? Like with the COVID um, and everything, like what's going on? Honestly, I feel like, I feel like a lot of people are out of work, but I feel like there's a ton of work. Uh, mm. There's a lot of people hiring. Um, it it feels. I kind of posted about this yesterday, actually. That like, there's a ton of work, but I feel like the recruiters that are recruiting for it don't know what they're looking for. Um, and I, it, I, heard, I heard that before. Yeah, it it just feels like, and it's not just from my point of view, but like I've had a lot of conversations lately where. It's like they've talked to the company and then it just seems like the company isn't like, doesn't actually look at their work. And then, uh, I mean, the most recent job I, I got with, with, uh, Encore, I actually had the recruiter turn me down and I was like, I know that I'm right for this position. So I went on LinkedIn and I found the actual supervisor for that job and I actually sent him what they were looking for. And that's how I got my most recent job. Oh my god! Because I was just like, like I don't know, I was frustrated with the fact that I knew that I was capable of the work that they were doing, mm -hmm. and the the fact that the recruiter had turned me down really kind of pissed me off. And I was like, it's, it's funny you're saying that. I never heard about the um, this kind of situation because I'm. Like from my experience, because we're doing a little bit of like a talent acquisition service right now. Yeah. It seems like a very weird thing because on one side you have, you know, like a supervisor or like art director or someone yeah. who actually needs a person. On the other hand, you have a recruiter who not necessarily understands what he needs, right? And yeah. uh, they are usually using just the tools that give them a lot of people, right? So yeah, you, you, you post something online, like a job post or something and do an ad, and then you get like hundreds, uh, hundreds of applications and you send those applications to the art director or the, you know, the manager who then yeah. goes through all of them. And like, I mean, let's face it, like a lot of them are not relevant to yeah. that position. So I'm not sure like, mm, how this should be structured. It's well, definitely yeah, not working like 100% right now. No, and I, I've noticed with a lot of people like that I've been talking to recently. I mean, I like I applied to another place where they said that they only took uh, like grayscale turnaround uh, reels. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I, like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm a, I've worked like, and, it, and it's, it's weird because it's like I've worked 17 years in the industry, like and, and, and not saying that years make for great artists, like not all the time that like, I mean, I know people that are 10 years in the industry are terrible at their job.
jobs. But like, um, and I'm not saying that I'm outside of that either, but like, uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's frustrating when you know that you have the skill for a job and it seems like the people doing the recruiting or the hiring doesn't seem like they've looked at your actual resume or recommendations or your actual portfolio to find out if you're, I mean, I know that there's massive amounts of stuff that they have to sort through, but like it's, it's frustrating when you're new, when you know, you're right for a position and you're passed up. I mean, there can be some people that like can think they're right for a position and they're actually not right for a position. Right. It's like, I think it happens all the time. That whole Dunning Kruger, you know, effect. Um, but like, do, do you do you sometimes feel that maybe the market is overloaded? Yes, hundred percent for modelers for sure. Like, and, and sometimes as an educator, like I feel like. I mean, not that I don't want more people to get into this industry. I mean, I love what I do, and I, I invite you know, everybody that wants to do this for a living to come into it. But sometimes too, I feel like there's, there's only so much work to go around for everyone. Like, um, um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. this actually, this actually links up to like my next questions. Cause I mean, what's the current kind of situation with modeling overall? I, um, it, it, I mean, it, what's going on? Like, what, what are? Because uh, here's where I'm coming from. So, yeah. over over the last couple of years, maybe since like what, like five years since eighty level kind of been around, uh, we see a lot of attempts to kind of you know uh, make companies rely less on modeling directly, right? Because yeah. there's such a huge amount of content in games and film everywhere that they they use procedural tools they use photogrammetry they might use <laughs> something else right and uh, i'm wondering um if there's if, if there's still a market for this kind of like profession for for this kind is there a need for like high quality modules right now i mean and yeah i mean it's so I mean, there's so much stuff that you can make different content for right now. And like, if you're still doing like feature animation and things like that, where you need art directed, like, you know, stylized stuff, then, uh, I mean, there's, there's so much of that right now. I mean, with film semi moving towards like, uh, unreal, um, there's more assets being made there. Like there's like with VR and AR stuff that's coming on the horizon, there's more content to be made. Um, I mean, there's definitely a push with like Quixel and that stuff to like have, you know, assets that are already pre-made. And then you've got like a lot of like small studios, like, or not small, but like good, like, uh, studios, like, uh, what is it? Um, kiosk masons i don't know if you, that's how you say it but like where it's like they're making content for like fortnite or they're like basically just content like companies yeah. mm -hmm. 
-hmm. like there's tons of those springing up right now. And I think that's a reaction to like, um, that there is a demand for it. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, almost, I mean, I, I almost did one myself a couple of years ago. I just didn't really mm -hmm. want to have, I just didn't really want to own a company, <laughs> but you, you did, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a thing called Zolid uh, .xyz, and like it was me. We never really finished the website, but like I, I was getting so much freelance work that I couldn't take all of it, and I got tired of, um, I got tired of saying no to stuff. Basically, so like I just started saying yes to everything, and then we had a group of like five or six other people that were basically just. Me and my partner at the time, it was Ryan Kittleson. I don't know if you know him at all, but he it's like me and him were kind of basically bringing the jobs in. And then um, we had like kind of like a, a graph that we basically were just like whoever was available could pick up whatever was available in in our like our like calendar that we had set up. Uh -huh. And then me and Ryan were basically acting as the, you know, checking it to make sure that it's the quality we wanted to send out. And, um, and that's kind of how it worked for a little bit, but then that kind of fell off the way because then I got hired off, hired by mill and mill was a company that I always wanted to work for. So when they contacted me, it was kind of like, yeah, I guess I could continue doing this, but I really wanted to see, uh, what it was like to work at the mill and like uh, be part of a team of that caliber. So how did you like working there? I, I loved it. Um, I mean, I still love that company. Um, I only really left because I got the opportunity to work at DNEG. Mm. And I had always wanted to live abroad. Uh, so like me and my wife, like really wanted to, like just live in London and be able to travel to the rest of Europe. And um, I mean, Mill was, Mill was great. Like we had a great team. Uh, it was really nice to be on a team that like really um, encouraged each other. Like my boss that brought me in was Adam Dewhurst. Um, he really like set up a team that like, you know, like we all shared like new tools that we would find, like, we had like weekly meetings where we were like sharing like projects that we were working on personally. And like, it was like, I really, I mean, I haven't really had that in my career and I don't know if I'll ever have it again, the way that like that team uh, was. Uh, but uh, I don't know. It was my, my experience at the mill was just, great. This is like all I can really say. Yeah. yeah I'm, yeah, it's just like I heard some news like in the press, which were not great. So I oh I the, that, yeah. yeah so so Mill Film, I mean that that news is terrible. The the guy that committed suicide. Yeah. So yeah. Mill Film is not like it, how Mill is how like uh, Mill Film is like entirely separate from the Mill. Uh huh. Like their work practices, like their the way they set up their stuff, are completely outside of like mill uh, commercial division. Like it's it ha it has the name, but like there's nothing. Mm. Like they don't have anything to do with each other, really, other than they're owned by Technicolor. Mm. But 
but now they're not now mill film is no longer again i think um <laughs> yeah it seems that way but yeah there's been a lot of i'm trying to remember i mean technicolor filed for bankruptcy i think at the beginning of uh december of last year maybe or maybe it was january and during that process i think they like i think uh mr x and uh which had merged with mill film i think both of those went away or, or maybe they're still around i mean you know how this stuff works like like rhythm and hughes went away but then like you know or, or digital domain went away and now digital domain's back again so it's like it's it's crazy how these ups and downs of like you know a company will go bankrupt I, and then like two or three eight, late years later like like framestore just bought uh the company i'm working for now but then framestore filed for bankruptcy like four years ago like hmm. like the that that's that's that that seems very strange right uh because um, you <laughs> see a lot of people kind of go into this business yeah like vfx and like model and you said yourself that there are like a lot of like smaller outsourcing houses out yeah. there including a, a bunch of like big companies like like keyword studios like in china and yeah, a, yeah a ton of others like everywhere so it seems like people keep coming into this field but at the same time people it's keep so <laughs> going bankrupt yeah it's, it's, it's like especially film i mean i know games yeah in film Mm -hmm. I know games is too, but like, I mean, in film, it's just like, I mean, just recently, like you have like Vancouver has been the place where everything went to for a couple of years. Right. Because they were getting uh, tax incentives. And then most recently, like, you know, basically the Vancouver government decided not to give those incentives anymore. So most of the film industry there picked up and left, and now they're going to Montreal because Montreal's offering those tax incentives now. Like, and like these cities keep offering these tax incentives, thinking that the film industry is going to like embed and stay. But like, what they don't know about the film industry is that it's fickle, and like wherever the money is, that's where they're going to go. Like, like, I mean, Atlanta right now is giving huge tax incentives, so like. They're bringing a ton of, and I hope it stays because Atlanta's a great city, and like that money's great for that city. And I hope that like film would stay there. But like you can, you can see what the film industry did to LA. I mean, it's still there, but like it's in shambles. Like it's not in shambles, but like it's just. Yeah, it's 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 not in shambles. I'm just I can't say that. No, it's not it's in a, shambles, but like yeah. but like there's a lot of like stuff that left and went to Vancouver and then like a lot of stuff that left and went to Montreal now. Like it's just a pattern that keeps repeating. Yeah, I agree. I agree, but mm, sorry if I'm like sounding a, like dooms. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I, I I think it's like uh it's a weird thing that keeps happening in this yeah. industry. And you're right, in film especially. With games, it does happen too, right? So there are companies being formed, then they release games, they don't fly, and then they go yeah, bankrupt right. again. Then like people, that's the defiant thing about like LA because um, people keep flocking, like in any other big hub, 
right? They yeah. keep flocking from like one studio to the other, then the next, then the the next, and the next. You know, yeah. It's like a never-ending cycle. Yeah. There's little, there's little, like creative studios that pop up. Like, I mean, yeah. For as volatile as the industry, I mean, it's just always shifting and like changing. Like, I mean, it seems like yeah. To answer our original question is like if if there's still space for like modelers like in the in the broad sense of this so it seems like there is there, yeah, is, there is space for them right yeah, so went on some huge diatribe. <laughs> yeah i mean uh, i think there's still work to to do and there is like large projects that uh kind of need a lot of help so yeah i mean there's there's tons of work in there's tons of work in games there's tons of work in, in vr there's tons of work in ar I mean, there's tons of work in like even medical animation. Um, mm. I mean, I think if you're a modeler, especially, and and you want to work and you're hungry and you don't, and you're able to adjust yourself to kind of jumping back and forth to industries, there's work for you forever. Like, I mean, I, I know film guys that jump into doing toy design sometimes. I know the same thing that from game design. Like, I know, like, if you're if you're willing and open to like kind of jump into whatever then you can there's tons and tons of work like i a couple years ago ended up at uh microsoft working on the hololens and like like i was on a team of like four dudes we had like the two different fingerprints to get into the room that we were in uh but like it was like six months of us just like kind of like messing around and seeing how far we could push the HoloLens. And for me, it was like one of my first times really, I mean, I'd done game stuff before, but like um, this was kind of game stuff, kind of like on the early end of doing things, but trying to do, do them and get away with having them look uh, like current gen stuff, you know, like, like we had to like have very low polys so that like we weren't taking all the energy from the device. Uh, the textures could only be like a certain like way. Otherwise we, you know, took energy from the device. Like, but I mean, it was really interesting trying to figure that stuff out with a team, you know? So um, I have a question. So you work like on a bunch of different projects from like ads to film to animation to games like a lot so what are what's the pipeline like what are the tools that you're using all the time that you find you know useful in most of the situations um i mean i use maya uh on a daily basis for uh, most like hard surface um modeling uh still um i mean I'm trying to start getting into Blender just for stuff because I feel like there's a push towards that from a lot of people, especially in video games. Um, ZBrush, always, like, I mean, every day, like, I use that program. It's it's, it's so versatile for, like, everything and um, for, like, all walks of, like, modeling. Um, for some modeling stuff, even getting into, like, Substance where I can, like, bump out stuff that I can pop back to ZBrush. Um, even Mari, to where I'm using like XYZ information 
uh, or like other displacement type information just to paint stuff and then bringing that back into ZBrush. Um, but yeah, the, like ZBrush, Maya. Um, do, do, you, do you think, um, I mean, do you Houdini, think there's gonna be, yeah, are, you, are you using Houdini? Uh, I'm starting to dabble in it. I, I mean, I definitely, mm. I, I know that like my comp, like the company I'm working for now is pushing towards us all getting into that program. Like today, even I signed up for like a, uh, they had us all sign up for a, a like a learning course. Um, so I mean, for like procedural stuff, like, I mean, that's, that's going to be huge, especially for like working with unreal and like, um, being able to iterate and like, like, I definitely feel like there's a huge push towards Houdini in this industry, like in all industries. I mean, just the other yes. day, like, just the other uh, day, like Unreal invested, didn't Epic invest in Unreal? Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 they did. So that, that's basically the question. So it seems like the pipeline hasn't changed drastically since maybe the introduction of ZBrush. <clears throat> yeah. Because that was like a huge change, right? So what do you think is going to change like in the next five years like is there uh, will, will we all switch to blender and houdini or something else i don't know man like i i, I do think that we we'll, like a lot of us will be working in houdini a lot more I, I i do i mean i can't say that like people are gonna switch out of maya and like pick up blender but like i i do feel a huge push towards that from the artists and um, I'm wondering how that will go. I mean, I, I, I think Blender is a great program and it's got a lot of stuff in it and it's, it's free for the most part after you buy like all the, all, all the plugins that make it like the beast that it can be. Um, but I don't know, like, I mean, there's times where in my job where I get in and I'm using medium and, and gravity sketch to like kind of rough things out. And then when those are roughed out, then like, I feel like we're kind of on this, like, I guess like precipice of like, like any of these things could be the next thing that we're all in. I mean, I definitely think Houdini will be like kind of king. Like if anything, I feel like Houdini will be like the winner as I'm looking at it right now. But like, I feel like there's a lot of like, like separate little softwares and other things that are coming up. I mean, there's that company uh, that Adnan started, uh, Chimet. I don't know if that's how you say his last name, but like, it's like Polygon Flow. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. like, I haven't seen any of their stuff yet, but I know that they're working on some crazy things that are going to be like kind of, um, tools for all the softwares that but kind of work like in unison as like one thing to i mean i don't know i'm just kind of like the people that they're picking up kind of makes me lean towards it they're trying to make like a tool set that like if you're using maya i mean it's similar to the like the what's houdini engine like i feel like they're doing something similar to houdini engine where like you can like if you have a tool that you're using in Maya, like Polygon Flow will have it, but then it will also be able to use that same tool inside of like 3D Max or like Blender or like, like 
I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's it's weird that this this industry on a whole is like very fragmented in terms of tools. Yeah. So like imagine there's like how many how many tools are there for modeling? Like a lot, right? Yeah, like hundreds. I mean, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, a like, lot of going on there. Yeah, and every, I mean every week now too. Like with the advent of like uh, like what's the new uh, like Bifrost inside of uh, Maya? Like there's a lot of new tool development because that's opened up a lot of doors for different tools that you can do inside of Maya. But then like Houdini's like on some other stuff where it's just like you can basically just do whatever. Like if you can think of it, you can find it kind of in a sandbox inside of Houdini. Um, yeah, it's like a one, one-stop shop for everything. Yeah. But it's, it's also quite, uh, you know, the complicated thing. So yeah, it's, it's not like an easy thing to get into. But <clears throat> let's uh, switch gears a bit. And so you did work a, uh, you did work a lot on characters. So and it seems like uh, no matter what's going on in the world, like no matter what tech is out there, people still love and they need to get like uh, good characters done. So yeah. in your opinion, so what makes a good 3D character? Like what, what are the things that you kind of need to have in order for the character to work? I mean, having, having good anatomy for sure. I, I don't think I'm the best at it. I think there were way other people, other people better than I am, but I feel like I can get it done. Um, I mean, you look at Chris Costa's work, you look at uh, like Raphael Gra Graciati, like I mean, Geo Napquil, like, I mean, the stuff that they're doing and like, like their stylization, like, you know, Matt Thorpe. Um, I mean, I have so many people that like, I admire their work. Like, I, I feel like, I feel like I work in this industry, but I, for the most part, I feel like I'm, I'm mostly just an admirer of like other artists that are doing um, great work. Um, but like for, I mean, you just so, want to, like Dylan Ekren is really good at like doing stylized stuff. So is, um, I mean, that's such a loaded question. I don't know how to answer it. <laughs> well, I mean, um, that's, that's the question because um, it's very hard to nail a character. I think yeah. it's, or it's hard to do an environment because of the other reasons, right? But yeah. it's especially hard to get a character right. But at the same time, you have a lot of games which are essentially character-based. Like, yeah. like most of the games are character-based, right? Even if you look at something as like Dark Souls or Overwatch or whatever, Fortnite, right? All of them are about characters and it's also linked closely with like monetization and all the yeah. other stuff. <clears throat> so like it's like having, super, it's an important part. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I mean, having, having a good, having a good design from the get go. I mean, like I do not, I mean, for my personal stuff, there's been a few times where I've tried to like start something from scratch. And I, I, I think personally, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a terrible designer uh, myself. Uh, so like for me, as a modeler, like having a good design to go from, from the base, mm -hmm. like from a designer 
or like even from like somebody like uh like jared uh i don't know how to say his last name either because like kurvetsky or like i'm gonna destroy it he's probably gonna listen to it and be like god he destroyed my last name but like even having like a concept sculpt i mean i i can do some of that stuff but usually when i'm doing that stuff like i have like a lot of reference and a lot of stuff from like an art director that's kind of guiding me towards that um that goal so what what are the characters that you think worked very well in games? Um, like some of them. I mean, God of War, mm-hmm. like God of War. I think, mm-hmm. his, I think his design is awesome. I think. Yeah, it's tremendous. It's an amazing yeah. thing. I mean, Link from I mean Zelda. Like over the years, everything mm-hmm. they've done with him has been great. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Mario on a very simple level, like is just a great design. You've got, I mean, right now I've been really impressed with the games from, uh, uh, I can't think of the name of the company right now. Uh, the game Hades. Uh, is it Supergiant? Um, like their character design is amazing. Uh, I mean, and most of their stuff is from like a, like an above view, like three quarters thing, but like everything in their games like looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the stuff from Blizzard like always has like this very real look, but then it's got like this stylization that like they pack into that real look as well, which like for me is like my favorite stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I love style. I mean, I love real looking stuff, but like when you can push something to look real, but then have it look stylized at the same time, like that's my favorite. Um, there's a guy, uh, Gabriel, uh, who does it, Soros? There's a couple. We're going to put all the links to the people whose yeah, name yeah. we butchered into the description to this <laughs> yeah. podcast. A lot, of, a lot of hard last names, or at least for Yeah, me. I know. I mean, I'm uh, from Ukraine. I mean, you, you're probably struggling with mine as well. <laughs> I mean, I probably would say it right. I'm just butchering it because I'm afraid I'm going to say it wrong. <laughs> That's uh, fine. But, but uh, uh, I agree. I agree. I, I think Blizzard is, which is kind of like a very corny thing to say, right? The Blizzard does make character does great characters. I mean, everybody kind of knows that, right? But yeah. at the same time, when you ask them, uh, or uh, especially when somebody is trying to imitate imitate that kind of style and stuff. A lot of people fail and companies yeah. fail and not a lot of people can actually uh, know how to do that. Yeah, right? and because... like Riot, like Riot actually mm-hmm. is a huge success at doing that. Like they've, mm-hmm. they kind of took, you know, that style that Blizzard kind of like ran with and they kind of changed it into their own thing. And now, even with um, Fortnite, like Fortnite has, taken kind of that style but then made it its own thing like to where it's even more cartoony and even more kind of towards the like the disney style but like like more for adults i guess um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but like there's i don't know there's so yeah i don't like that's such a hard i don't know if i answered it i question. think uh um like yeah, I'm gonna give you my answer. So wh- why yeah. I think it works? 
because um, when I first started playing Overwatch, yeah. I don't like these kind of games. I don't play like online multiplayer games, <clears throat> but pr primarily because I suck at them, yeah. and uh, uh, because they also require a lot of time. You know, they require like a, a ton of time to get good, and so on. But when I first launched Overwatch, I thought that, I mean, I could watch these characters do whatever. You know, yeah, right. They could, they could do like a, a a cooking show. I would watch it. Yeah. Because it's 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 so much. Uh, They're so his, history. Yeah. There's a uh, details and appeal, and they all look humane. You know, yeah. they're, they're they're like they're like people with their own yeah. stories and backgrounds, and they're doing something there. So I think that's something that, um, and it's it goes the same way for like games and environments, right? Because it's very hard to sell it to 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 a gamer when you're launching a game and you see that it's kind of like done at on a factory, you know, that it's like you you yeah, put like this and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Call of Duty games look amazing, <clears throat> but it's just more stuff that I see in the real world every day. I mean, not that I'm seeing armies and tanks every day, but like, but like when you stylize that a little bit, like, I mean, a, a good example would be something like Uncharted, or yeah, like uh, even like uh, the stuff that like Naughty Dog does. Although they are like super realistic games, right? That they, they at least they. Yeah. Are uh, marketed as something that's like uh, true to life, like realistic and proportions, anatomy. Everything's kind of realistic. You can't feel by uh, you can't help but feel some empathy for those characters 100%. on the way they behave, uh, kind of like the details in them, the the, the background. So I, I think to answer my own question is that to to do a character, you kind of it, it's not as easy as kind of like you know. Just do a model or something. It has there has to be something behind that, that character yeah, or the design or something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. When you, yeah, no, you nailed it, man. Like when you, when you can feel the story that the character has, like, like without being told their story, like just by looking at them, you can kind of like feel like what their like what their motivation might be what uh, their yeah like it, that's 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 good character design that's that's it's the same as is with uh, like photography right so i'm i'm a big admirer of street photography i really yeah. like that like in the moment shots and sometimes same. in a moment you get like you get wow you, you get like a little like story inside the shot so I think yeah, that's you like what, take a, you take like a little bit of their soul with it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's a, that's an interesting. I think that's the whole interesting part of like this whole creative process is that there is uh, there nothing was there basically, and then you yeah. just sit and spend some time, and you created this guy who's like a world of its own, like he can do whatever, and then you get a bunch of those guys, and you get Overwatch. Or you get yeah. like Fortnite or or some other stuff, right? So I think <clears throat> overall, like character design is extremely important if you want to make uh, something that's appealing. After yeah. all, to oh, a gamer and uh, 
it, 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 there is a bit of a magic in, in, it, in it, right? Yeah. No, it's there like, is. I mean, I mean, I mean, everything. I don't know. I feel like everything we get to do in this industry has been a bit of magic. Yeah, it's true. It's true. That's why people like, are kind of flocking into it, even I though mean, <laughs> you get to be part. Like, I mean, with with being in games, like no matter what your like like job is, like you get to like help, you know, tell a story. And like, I mean, with films, I think that's what drew drew me to like be in films when I was a kid. Was I remember? I remember seeing like Jurassic Park, and like I remember I already wanted to do like stop motion in films, and then I saw that, and I was like, wait, that's like done in a computer and like like it was done in such a good way that like it, you know it tells a story and like it convinces people that in their in their hearts and minds at the times that they're watching that it's real um and like being able to give that feeling to somebody else whether it be games or films or even commercials i mean i, I like i had commercials that have, have made me cry and like i mean just recently uh what is it? Uh, the guy that did um, the Avengers. Uh, I'm gonna totally butcher his name too. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Taika Waititi, his name. Yeah, yeah. He's he did. Uh, he did a. Uh, uh -huh. He did a Coca-Cola commercial recently, and uh, it's on my uh, Facebook, man. I shared it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I saw it. That's I shared yeah. it from you. That's uh, a crazy one. Yeah. <clears throat> the. I mean, granted, they're selling a product, but like to be able to like make people on a on a huge level feel the emotion that they were trying to sell, like that's magic, man. And like, like you can't. I mean, being able to bottle that and put that into something, whether it be games or film or whatever it is, is just a, and be part of that process is just like an amazing feeling. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, so I, I think we're almost out of time uh, with right. the podcast. So mm, maybe the last question. So what would you say, since you're done teaching and you work with students and everywhere, so what do you usually say with people whom you teach? Like, <clears throat> what are the things that they should do to get a job and kind of like excel at this? Um. I mean, one of the first things I said to my students is that like, I mean, being a good artist is definitely, you know, a super important thing, but I, 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 I stand by and I hate that it's part of like, but it's kind of like every industry, but your, your network and the people that you work with and like the energy you put out into the world, like in this industry, like I feel like your network is like legit hands down probably the most important thing um like being able to work with other people and not be a dick and like you know being able to like help others out like when they're in need and um is you know is a big responsibility but at the same time it's like it's part of the job uh i do think continuing to learn um, is huge. Uh, and, and like now more than ever, you've got like places all over the internet where you can continue your education. Um, I do think like 
brick and mortar schools. I mean, right now it's weird because like they're all kind of online, right? Um, but being able to be in like a community of other people to like help you grow and learn is like such a big thing too. Uh, I remember kind of be, like being in freelance for 11 years um, and like having or 12, however long I was in freelance, but like um, during that time, like I felt like I learned a lot of stuff and I was learning stuff online. But like when I didn't really feel like I really had a lot of it set in until I was uh, at the mill again. And like when I was on a team and like you're like have a team where you're continually like trading ideas, like finding community, I think is huge uh, for for growth and learning. Um, being able to bounce ideas off of other people that are in the same creative field as you or even other fields that are like adjacent um, is a huge thing because like kind of learning by yourself is just kind of you learning in an echo chamber. Um, and when you're able to bounce ideas or ways that you want to learn off of others, uh, I feel like it allows you to grow. It also allows them to grow. Um, All right. I think that's actually good. Yeah. Thing a good piece of advice so <clears throat> i think people who are listening to it would be great if they follow at least some of it anyway yeah. um scott thank you so much for joining today um, yeah man it was very pleasant thank you so much for your talk and i uh, hope everything kind of work out and uh, the good thing is that 2020 is almost over so yeah. hopefully next year is gonna be better yeah i mean <clears throat> it's still a good year i mean it's a lot of bad stuff a lot of weird stuff has happened but like i mean everyone will persevere hopefully yeah yeah all right well uh thank you so much and i'll put the links to scott's portfolio in the description so you could check it out and yeah thank you for joining all right thank you man thanks for enjoying another episode of the 80 level roundtable podcast check out upcoming episodes on the 80 level website at 80.lv join our career site at 80.lv rfp and share our podcast with friends and on your social networks.